Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. And I have a little bit of this and a little tiny bit of that and maybe a little bit of another sort of thing um, to go over today. One, I went to the store and I am such a child of the 90s, such a child of the 90s. I got some more paper. You know, the 125, you could put this on a computer. You can, you, you, I like paper. I like paper. I like paper. I like paper. Sometimes I like cardboard. Um, I want to have a page each for most of the Cubs prospects. I could say all of them, but there might be one or two guys that, yeah, I'm not going to bother doing, doing up a full sheet for him. But there's a reason for it, and it all ties in with the South Bend game which I will get to presently. But uh, Cubs lose on Friday. Cubs lose on Saturday. And yes, I am a horrible, horrible person. I admit it. I completely admit it. I have the countdown board up and going. This year, it's a little bit different than it's been in other years. It is the countdown board as far as the um, percentages for the teams that are bottom feeders. And I'm calling the bottom feeders bottom feeders because that's what they are, that's who they are. The Tigers, 11, 473. The Cubs with the loss today, 464. They are in 10th. A bit of a drop to the Nationals and Rockies at 445. You can put them at 98 or 8A and 8B, however you want to put it. Royals, 7, 4, 3, 5. Marlins and Twins, kind of like the above, uh, 4, 2, 7. You can call them 6, 5 or 5A, 5B, however you want to. Pirates, 3, 7, 3. They are in fourth. Sometimes I am referring to the dive for 5. I had used the drive for 5 once, but then I figured, you know what? There's an extra letter in there that doesn't need to be there. The Cubs right now all of the parts for the roller coaster, all of the screws, all of the hinges, all of the everything has been dismembered. The next time the roller coaster goes, everything's going to fall. That's exactly how I'm seeing this. I'm hoping Greg Dykeman does well. I'm hoping Frank Schwindel does well. I'm hoping all the pitchers do well. But frankly, this team's not going to win. This team's not going to win. I don't think the White Sox played particularly well. And they won today 4 to nothing. Took them until the 8th to put it away. Um, Ed Veralzele pitched uh, very well, especially once I got home from the store. Uh, I, I missed the first inning, but he was very good after that. Um, but... Someone was asking me, what do I think is my goal? I said, no, it's not my goal. It's not my goal. I think it's, you know, when Jed Hoyer traded everybody, and I really think if somebody would have offered a 35-plus for Zach Davies, they would have gotten Zach Davies. If someone would have offered a 35-plus for Matt Duffy, they would have gotten him. I really think it was completely dismember everything. It's been quite a while, quite a while. You might have a better memory of someone 
completely dismantling a 500 team better than this. Jed Hoyer stripped this mother bare and he sold everything off that he possibly could. I think Jed Hoyer is aiming for five. I really think the 464... 445, 445, 435, 427, 427. 427 is five. I really think that the Cubs, well, if the Cubs don't, let's see. Let's interrupt myself again. Cubs play Sunday against Mil, uh, Chicago and then have four against Milwaukee. That's five games. How many of those five are they going, going to win? Then they go on the road. This team is getting stripped bare. It was stripped bare. And I really think that, uh, well, Dan Winkler, who is the, Dan Winkler is the Cubs' best reliever. You know, the uh, tallest midget, maybe. Dan Winkler is the Cubs' best reliever. When was Dan Winkler summoned? Was he summoned in a tie game yesterday? No, he was not summoned in a tie game yesterday. He was summoned in a game where the Cubs were already down two to nothing and used for one inning. That is what Dan Winkler's job is. When the Cubs are far enough behind, we're going to use you for an inning to not let anyone else get hurt. That's why I'm seeing. Okay, so uh, I think the goal is top five. Is that possible? Will they do it? I don't know, but I'm. they've got what, five? Uh, they've got, what, seven, eight weeks to do it? I think they can. I think this Cubs team can lose a whole lot of games. Okay, now back to the buying paper. Buying paper, I'm doing that, and I also bought, you know, those little uh, um, two pocket notebooks? Just, you know, no no, no paper with it. Just you, you have the uh, cardboard and you have the two pockets. I bought four of those. One for Cubs pitching prospects, one for Cubs hitting prospects, and I'm also going to use two for draft prospects because I like having things in notebooks because it's better than having them out spare sitting out in the midst of everything. So I like having stuff in notebooks. So I picked those up. And who will Tim go with for having a sheet of paper. I'm going to try to be rather wide. I don't want to have a sheet of paper for a guy who probably might get released this offseason. So, you know, the guy who's hitting uh, 137 in Myrtle Beach, and he's already older than the league. Uh, I, I might not make one for him. But there is a guy in South Bend who explained yet again, yet again, if you have any question, consider the player who has a roster spot legitimate. If you have any question, consider the player legitimate. Today's South Bend game was a carryover from the South Bend game yesterday. South Bend was tied into the bottom of the seventh. Nobody scored in the seventh. Scott Kobos came in for South Bend to start the eighth. Three up, three down, because Scott Kobos, a left-hander, is better than this league. More on that in a second. To the bottom of the 
eighth. It was a very Midwest League inning. Very Midwest League inning. Um, bouncer up the middle for a single by Tyler Derna, who belongs in Tennessee. Don't know that Derna has a sheet of paper yet. He should. He will soon. Um, then after Derna bounced a single to center, Bryce Ball drew a walk on four pitches. Two of the pitches ended up in um, in Michigan, and two, two of the other pitches ended up in Mishawaka. Bryce Ball has a very good eye. That was not a... He had a very good eye at bat. He had no chance. Uh, there was no point... It got to 2-0, and the last two pitches were, you know, misses by feet or yards more than inches. Uh, so, uh, first and second, Jake Slaughter comes up. Slaughter's not a bunter. Derna, nor Ball is a good base runner. Got to 1-1, one and one and they flash the bunt. And Jake Slaughter bunts the ball right back to the pitcher, who looks briefly at third. Doesn't go there. Looks to second. Nobody's covering second. Looks to first. Nobody's covering first. Bunt single. Harrison Wenson. No. Uh, then uh, da, 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 Bryce Windham draws a walk to make it four to three. Um, Harrison Wenson doubles to drive in two runs, which gave him two runs on successive days in the same game. Harrison Wenson, backup catcher, there might be something there. With catcher, there is, uh, there's the question of the offense, there's the question of the defense, there's the question of the throwing, and there's the question of, does he get pitchers to pitch better? I think South Bend has been pitching a little bit better since Harrison Wenson has been there. Don't know if there's anything to that. Don't know, don't know, don't know. But he has that. He, he might be the manager type. Pitching coach type, manager type, whatever. Uh, Scott Kobos comes out to pitch the ninth inning. He goes six up, six down in his two innings. Kobos is a left-hander. He has a 0.93 ERA in South Bend. Do you want to say this with me? Scott Kobos has a 0.93 ERA in South Bend. Get him to Tennessee. I don't know if he can get pe people out in Tennessee. Tennessee is where you, you know, separate the men from the boys, etc., etc. He might get to Tennessee and be absolutely god-awful. But guess what? Get him to Tennessee anyway, irrespective of how he does. Scott Kobos belongs in Tennessee, and Scott Kobos joins that list of players who I'm writing down a Scott. Whoops, whoops, misspelled Scott. That's not very, that's not very good. Okay, we're going to uh, Scott. Kobos, because he is doing his job. Uh, skip down to the second line or is it the third line? Yeah, I'll wait for that later. I, on, my, on my sheet, I like to put down given and to prove. There are some things that he can do, some things that still have to be proven. How fast does Scott Kobos throw? I don't know. I, if, 
If he throws 97, it doesn't matter. If he can only throw 92, it doesn't matter. He's getting people out at South Bend. Now get him up to Tennessee. If he's throwing 92 or 97 there and he's getting people out, guess what? Move him up to Iowa. That's how it's supposed to work. If you're doing well at a specific level, if there is no specific reason to call up someone else, call up. If there's no reason to not call him up, call him up. Uh, only thing I can, somebody was, uh, back and forth to me today about how, um, insert picture here. I don't remember which specific picture it was, but insert picture here ought to go away and Ben Leeper should get called up. I said, I would prefer Ethan Roberts and actually I would prefer Ryan Meisinger before either one of them because Ryan Meisinger is a keep if you want him type and when you have a keep if you want him type it seems to me you go with a keep if you want him type first so you decide if you want him next year ben leeper if he's not called up he's still going to be cubs property ethan roberts if he's not called up in season he'll get called up after the season's done to protect him from being selected in the rule five draft Ryan Meisinger, is he any good? I don't know. I don't know. Seems like the major leagues would be a good place to check to see. He he has like 70 days of major league experience. 70 days of major league experience, something like that. Maybe it's 68. I don't think it's that other number in between. That'd be too nice. I'd remember that. But if he's that close, if he has six full years of team control remaining, if he's any good... If you call him up, there's basically three options. One, he's terrible, and then you release him and whatever. Two, he's actually good, then you keep him. And three, wow, he's kind of in between. I'm going to have to think about this for, you know, let, let him give a whole lot. And if he's in between, then you're really happy you called him up because then that means you get a lot more looks at him. So even though there wasn't really a whole lot going, oh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um in Mesa, the Cubs were playing the A's. That game actually went to the bottom of the ninth, and I never got back to check to see how that was. I'll have to fill you in on that one later. But uh, in the Dominican, the Cubs red played the Cubs blue. It went to 10 innings, 4-4, four to four, and in the top of the 10th inning, Christian Hernandez hit his first professional home run. And Cubs Blue held on against Cubs Red 7-6 in 10 innings. So, a little Christian Hernandez news. And Scott Cobos, until somebody's hitting him, keep keep giving him the ball. And uh, at some point, I don't know if he's been in South Bend long enough to call him up. Because usually, you know, you want to leave him there about five or six weeks to, because you don't want it to just accidentally be a case of he's doing really well against a couple of teams that are really horrible against left-handers or whatever the situation is. But uh, Scott Kobos, yeah, he's um, he, he's doing things. He's doing things and deserves a look at Tennessee. And if he gets to Tennessee and he's getting people out, then you're allowed to start asking questions about whoa, 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 what's he coming with. Because then, if he's getting people out in double A, then it actually matters what he's doing. 
if a guy's only getting people out in the Dominican Summer League and he gets up to Myrtle Beach and he gets pounded, you don't have to worry about why he's getting people out because he was only DSL good, he wasn't low A good. When a guy starts getting low A good and then he's high A good and then he goes to double A, if he's good at double A, then you get to start asking questions. If a guy's not getting, if, if the player isn't doing things at double A, it probably, most likely, really, generally, in most instances, doesn't matter. So, Kobos is the name of the game for early. As I look at my clock, it looks like uh, Myrtle Beach starts in about 20 minutes. And um, if you're interested in the dive for five kind of stuff, um, 464, there's a bit of a dip before the Cubs would get to the teams that are at 445. But it looks like they're dropping about four percentage points for each loss and climbing about five percentage points for each win. The Cubs would definitely be benefited by the Nationals getting their heads out of their collective butts because the Cubs should definitely be able to pass up the Nationals at some point here relatively soon. But the dive for five is legitimate. It's legit. It, the Cubs could get to the fifth spot. And I know a lot of you people are probably saying, Tim, you're making too much of this because the draft is all a um, charade. It's a Nobody has any idea who's going to be any good. Well, may, maybe yeah, maybe no. Maybe yeah, maybe no. But um, if the Cubs are fifth, they will have a larger spending pool than if they're seventh. That's really hard to argue. And if you have more money to spend on talent, you can go out and in the fourth round or seventh round or 13th round or whatever round it is, spend a bit more on somebody later because you have more spending space. That, that's that's just how the draft ends up being now. And if you're going to be a horrible team, you might as well be a horrible team. Houston took huge advantage of that for numerous years. The Pirates have been setting themselves up to do that quite well for a few years here recently. Um... Whatever happens next season, this Cubs team doesn't really look like it should win a whole lot of games. It just doesn't look that way. And if that happens, it's not in no way, shape, or form my saying, I want the Cubs to lose. They're going to do what they're going to do. And yes, I am mindful of who is going to be selecting when, in large part because next cycle around, I am going to be interested in who is going to make sense for the Cubs at 4 or 5 or 6 or 7 or 8. I don't think it'll be any higher than that. Um, so yeah, the, the trade deadline gave the Cubs an opportunity to um, disconnect all the parts. And they did. They did. Some people were saying, oh, well, they'll keep either Rizzo or Bryant or Ryan uh, oh, by it. Blech! The Cubs will either keep Rizzo or Bryant or Baez just to keep the fans showing up. No, they didn't. They did not do that since they unloaded everything. Jed Hoyer pretty much obviously is aiming for spot number six, spot number five, something like that. 
And the roster is constructed to aim exactly for that. With that being the case, all I'm doing is assessing what I think is self-evident. So, uh, the dive for five, Christian Hernandez homers, Scott Kobos belongs in Tennessee. Pick your lead story, whichever one you want. Be safe, be nice to others, and have a great rest of your weekend.